tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Dodgers Rap 360 right here on AfterBuzz TV and AfterBuzzTV.com. We are talking obviously the last week in Dodgers baseball, a disastrous week in Dodgers baseball. Before we get into that, a couple cool things for you guys. First off, hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes if you haven't already. You can keep up with us all year, all next year as we do this. Uh, second, we are all on Twitter. Well, most of us are on Twitter. So if you guys want to tweet us, you can live tweet us there. And third and most importantly, let me introduce my panel. I am Bobby DeMiro. Sitting next to me is Mike Conley, the only guy not on Twitter. Across the table, Kevin John back with us. And our special guest today from DodgersNation.com and the YouTube channel Dishing Up the Dodgers, Miss Stacy Wheeler. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Stacy, first question first. Dodgers go 0-5. We're going to break down the week. We've been getting Twitter questions all day for you, for the panel. And if you're watching this live, if you're on Twitter, you want to tweet us, you can do that. I'm at Bobby Demuro. Uh, First question came through on Twitter. Del Taco or Taco Bell? I'm definitely a Del Taco kind of girl. All right. Well, Stacy's panel on the show is complete. Thank you so much for joining us, fellas. Let's talk done. How? No, Taco Bell. Oh no way, Ta- Del Taco. Really? All the way. Taco Bell is twenty. Is 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 actually? You don't know this, but Taco Bell actually uses kangaroo meat. Mm. Just food for thought. Uh, maybe I'm Tasty switching. food for thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it hasn't been quite confirmed, but, you know, that's speculation. I, I just feel like we're asking a question about, would you rather, to, to bring it to the Dodgers, would you rather go 0-5 or 0-6 in a week? That's the Del Taco Taco Bell question, right? Yeah, how about neither? Yeah. <laughs> was that really offered up on Twitter? Yeah, that yeah. was one of the first questions on Twitter, was Del Taco or Taco Bell. And you asked me why I'm not on. <laughs> But you can find out a lot about a person when you know whether they choose Del Taco or Taco Bell. Seriously. You can know how healthy they are, what they like to eat, who, who they like to see, their interests, their music interests, their favorite movie, their favorite color. You can learn all that from that. Mm. I'm horrified. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk baseball now as fun as Del Taco is. I just had to get that out there. I wanted to let people know we're going to actually answer the Twitter questions. That was one of them. That's great. Um, okay, let's start in the A's series. we got a lot to talk about. Chase Utley, obviously, the Astros. But let's start with the A's. Dodgers go 0-2. Uh, the, first, the first of a bad week, right? You, can't, you have to beat bad teams, period. Yeah, and they are indeed a bad team. Yes. 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 They are a terrible team. Um, Clayton Kershaw gets a no decision on Tuesday. Alex Wood throws okay on Wednesday. Guys and gals, is Alex Wood doing well enough to keep in the rotation? Matt Latos wasn't. I, I think the verdict's still out on Wood. I think he deserves another shot. Um, you know, I mean, although Kershaw did hit the panic button officially today so i don't know maybe you panic and you, you just get him out of the road maybe uh it's time for um old boy to come up again bolsinger bolsinger 
Yeah, you know, I I think the same thing. You know, I think I, first of all, I think it's it's way too early to say, oh, okay, wood's not the answer. You know, I say that you give them a few more outings. Now, I do understand that we're in crunch time, so it's not like okay, you know, you have a whole season to figure this out. I understand. I understand why uh, Kershaw uh, pushed the panic button or said the Dodgers should be in a state of panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that as well, but I also don't think that you know there's someone should be one and done either. Now, if he goes out next time, gives up eight runs, you know, all earned. Okay, then that's that's something to think about. Two but and done is cool. Two and done, yeah. <laughs> One and done is not good unless you're uh, uh, you have Calipari as your coach and you play for Kentucky. One and done is fine. Other than that, does not apply. Well, I'm not ready to hit the panic button just yet, and I really like Alex Wood. Um, it, he's different than Matt Latos, where Matt Latos is just you know help down the stretch. Alex Wood really has a place on this team for the long run and, and in the future. And I think that with some work with Rick Honeycutt, he could really be, you know, part of the Dodgers rotation for years to come. So I'm actually really excited to see Alex Wood as a Dodger, not only in this, you know, last few weeks of the season, but for the long haul. And he's a guy, too. I agree with you because he's a guy. We have to remember what we got here. Five and two-thirds, six innings, three runs. Sounds like a pretty good fifth starter. Mike Bolsinger did that quite a bit. And so, you know, come crunch time, come playoff time, do the Dodgers need pitching help? 100%. We'll get into that, specifically in the bullpen, but also the rotation a little bit. But for what Alex Wood is and who he is, if Kershaw and Greinke are your one-two, Alex Wood's not a back end rotate, not a bad back end rotation option. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's unfortunate that, and I think this is the bigger issue for him and for Kershaw, both their starts in Oakland. Wood giving up three runs, that game is almost unwinnable because the Dodgers don't hit on the road again. Mm. And but, this, go ahead. No, no, no. Continue your thought. Well, I was just going to say, this is something we've seen all year. You know, we mm-hmm. sound like a broken record doing this every week. You're looking at me like I've already written about this a thousand times. But this is a problem. We know it's a problem. We can debate in a second if Chase Hutley's going to help that. But what, what, I just... How do you go from here with starting pitchers? I feel find it difficult to criticize starters when you get one and two runs a game on the road. There's no margin for error. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because you know the Dodgers actually in the NL West, which includes other teams such as the Rockies and the Padres, but they actually had the worst road record out of any team in the NL West. And, you know, and their road record is not catastrophic. It's not like on the road right now that, like, they're 10 and – 40, you know, they're, I think they're a respectable 25 and 35 or 36, something like that. But, uh, if you look at everyone else, they're, they're getting it done on the road. And we've always said that that's going to be their Achilles heel, especially leading in to the postseason is winning these homes games, especially against teams that are winnable and at the last of their division that are, that are give me wins. And we talked about that before. We, we know they struggle with teams that are above 500. So when you struggle with those kind of teams, you beat the teams that you know you can beat. So, uh, you know, I, I, I really don't, I, I really don't know what to say about that. I mean, you know, especially when you do have both your aces who did go down this week. Um, and when I say go down, no decision, loss. It's uh, <laughs> it's just uh, it's just something that can't happen. Especially if we want to finish strong. We know who's behind us in the division. We know how far they're back, and we know what can happen. Um, you know, for the duration of the season. So, 
Thanks for clarifying that because somebody tuning in who might have not have seen the game today this is and go you down. said go down, <laughs> they're panicking. They're oh, like Kershaw. Oh. Like, what? I had, to, I had to look this up. Uh, the Rockies have a worse road record. Rockies are 22 and 37 on the road. But say. the Dodgers are 25 and now 36 after today's loss. The Giants are 31 and 33. Arizona and San Diego both right around 500 too. We talk about this a lot on the show. You've mm-hmm. seen this, Stacey, and you see this every day. You just tread water on the road and then come home and dominate. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers do the second part pretty well. They're not doing the first part anymore. Well, 11 games under 500 on the road is not acceptable. It's terrible. It's it's really bad. So, um, And the thing is, last year, they were one of the best teams on the road. And in 2013, they were one of the best teams on the road. So um, in order to, you know... Um, go all the way and be a world champion, you have to be able to win on the road. And this year, they've just completely done a 180. And um, they're playing well at home. They've only lost, I think, 20 games at home. But they're... The road record is just you almost, unacceptable. You almost wonder if it's like, you know, when they're in, in in other stadiums, I know obviously sometimes high altitude or wind or, you know, there's certain factors or variables that can play into, you know, not being able to, uh, you know, hit the ball with velocity, not be able to, um, you know, to do the things that you're used to doing on your home field stadium. Do you think that that's kind of the issue with them is just, you know, weather conditions or just things that they're not used to on the road? Or is it just a simple fact that they're just not getting it done? They're not getting it done. It's a veteran team. If it were a young team, if it were a bunch of young guys, if there were a ton of Jock Petersons out there, I'd say, okay, <laughs> you're rebuilding or whatever. You're not used to playing on the road in the major leagues. Uh, and that's true of younger clubs. But this is mm-hmm. such a veteran team. You have so many guys who've done this before. So many guys who were part of last year's team who was good on the road. Yeah. You can't. I think it's. it could be, in one way, this is baseball. Weird things happen. You know, funny things happen. But over the course of a season, it's beyond funny. This isn't a small sample size. They've played 60 games on the road. It's too much. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, I'm not I'm not a fire Don Mattingly guy. I know those people exist. But at some point, you need to start looking at what do you change? What do you actually change here? Because you're not going to say, okay, you know, let's change the rotation top to bottom. You're not going to mm-hmm. change the lineup top to bottom. What has to change? Well, that that also goes with, okay, back to the, you, you don't expect, you know, like like I said earlier, you don't expect your aces to go down. I know I spoke about the prep the game today, but uh, anyways, who cares? But, you know, at the end of the day, that's not, as as a manager, it's your job to manage a team and put the best players in, whichever, whichever game it is, in order for them to win. And I think that if I look at Manningly, uh, the, the lone exception would be some of the new people that are Woods and some of these new guys that are coming in, you're like, okay, maybe... You know, do we bring up Bolsinger or somebody else? Like certain situations like that. But ultimately, when I look and I see who he has out there, and I was imagining the game, I don't think he's been horrendous. You know, I I think a lot of those people, those fire Manningly people, are just angry that things aren't panning out the way that they envisioned. But at the end of the day, you're still number one atop your division. As a manager, that's all you can ask them to do. But that does not say that we can't push the panic button. Barely at the top of the division. And I am full-fledged hitting the panic button. It is panic time. It, I mean, if the Giants win tonight, they're going to be a half game back. And I was kind of expecting the Cubs to fade, so maybe you have a chance in a wild-card scenario if the Giants do come yeah. back, big brother. But they are not fading, the Cubs. And so guess what? It looks like if you're second in the NL West, you're golfing early, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that's... They seem to have this big brother syndrome, seriously, with the Giants, where 
the Giants still haven't really they had a good stretch early in the season but have they played their best baseball yet and you almost think like that's on the horizon and they're a team that plays their best baseball when their best baseball is starting to be needs to be played at the end of the season and the Dodgers are playing their worst right now right when you can't and so there's there's somewhat they they really the June I'm I'm nervous. I'm and, nervous. <laughs> and Mike Leak, not that he's the world beater himself, but a guy like that just came back for the Giants. Right. Um, so you're pushing panic button. Were you pushing it after Oakland or the week as a whole? Houston the, too. The week as a whole. I mean, you know, you're going to have some blips, but you can't. Then when your studs come around. And you have these guys on your team, and they're supposed to be the streak stoppers. Yeah. And you can't get any runs. Yeah. What they're going to have to do, and this is what happens when the bats don't go, you got to stop playing more small ball. And they're not running at all this year, the Dodgers. I don't know what they were last year, but it seemed to me they stole a lot more bases last year. They're like last in the NL in steals this year. They got to like stop the runners, do something to try and jumpstart this offense because guys they were relying on to be like the consistent guys like like Turner and Gonzalez this year, those guys aren't hitting the past week or two, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's uh Well, it's they did have a good. stolen base today. Yasiel Puig stole yeah. his 25th career base. Nice. Um but the the roster is just not constructed that way like last year they and also they lost D Gordon. Yeah, who's true, still, yeah. you know. You who's like leading the league? I think the NL in hit, hitting right now. There's mm-hmm. the answer right there. But the roster is just not constructed that way anymore. So, um you know, when you say they need to do more more small ball, it's just this is not how that lineup works. They've been more dependent on home runs and you know, setting the table for Adrian Gonzalez. But um they're just they're just not hitting consistently well, regardless of you know base. Run- I mean, the base running is atrocious. Let's not, let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, they not only have they not stolen any bases, but they're making errors on the base path, yeah. Yeah. and that's one of the reasons why Lorenzo Bundy was let go and Ron Renicky was brought in um, to, for a third base coach because you know. And today we even saw. Um, you know, poor base running, and they're getting thrown out on the base paths, and and that that could have been a run that could have won the game for them. Um, but you know, it's they they have to be able to be more smart on the base path and not necessarily steal more bases because they're just not good at that. Yeah. The, the only guy I want to see move, the only guy I want to see steal bases is Jock. The 30-30 season in AAA, especially when you're struggling like he is. And I know this is small ball National League, and most teams don't play like this anymore, but lay down a bunt, steal a base. He's got the tools to do it. Asking Justin Turner to do it, absolutely not. You know, Enrique mm. Hernandez, eh, probably not. But Jock, to me, is a 30-30 guy coming out of Albuquerque. I'm looking at him after last year saying, holy crap, 30-30 in the bigs, that's optimistic right away, but this is the skill set. Mm. He's got, how many stolen bases does he have this year? A handful? So that's the one guy I'd like to see move. But I agree with you. And this is a home run hitting team. They do it well. They're first in the National League. But when you don't, when you don't do it so well, and then when you also can't get any runs and you leave guys on base, everything magnifies itself and you lose a lot of two to one games like we've been seeing. My question for you guys, because I'm glad you brought this up, Stacey, Ron Renicky is the new third base coach. Ron Renicky earlier this year was managing the Brewers, got fired. Brewers are terrible. Uh, was he brought in to put pressure on Don Mattingly? I don't think so. No. Um, I I don't think that Ron Renneke is, you know, a manager in training or the next manager. Um, I think he was brought in primarily to work on the base running. And um, Bundy just wasn't getting it done. Um, I'm surprised, you know, Bundy even started the year off as, 
as third base coach after um, the NLDS with, with the big base running mistake um, by Andre Ethier last year in the NLDS. Yeah. Um, that was huge. And I think Renicky was brought in, to, you know, to work on the base running. And I don't think that he's going to be the next manager of the Dodgers. I think it, if anything, it would be, you know, someone else that, you know, Andrew Friedman has in mind. Um, and as far as the fire, Don Mattingly sentiment. It's really prevalent, and I've seen it for years. And um, I think that the front office really supports Mattingly. But I do think that now, you know, at, as we get to down the stretch and with the struggles right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if after the season, if the Dodgers, you know, don't get to the World Series, that they bring in someone else. You know, I'm finally getting to that point where I could see that happening. Yeah. That's great. Well, so, so realistically, I guess it's a question for anyone. Realistically, who you who can you see succeeding Manningly at that? I listen, a guy I like a lot, and he's available <laughs> is Bud Black. I like Bud Black a lot. Mm. The Padres shouldn't have left. They shouldn't have dumped him. He's a good manager. He'll get a job real quick this offseason if he's looking. Mm-hmm. I think Bud Black's a good candidate. That's and he knows the NL West real well. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. Yeah, I mean, he comes from within the division, so obviously he knows... A lot, but and, and that's premature. I mean, obviously, Mattingly's yeah. the the manager of a first place team. I know. At yeah, least you don't fire right first place um, team. Well, that mean, I think I think at the end of the day, it just goes down to the expectation that they have. You know that we have for the Dodgers. Obviously, there there is a high expectation, and you know, like certain teams, you'll hear them say, "Other sports, it's Super Bowl or bust." I think same thing here with the Dodgers. It's World Series or bust. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. And you saw, uh, you know, obviously we have. In the last, I would say in the last six years, I think we've been to three NL CSs, two with Tory, and I think 08 and 09, and then we went again in third. Or actually, no, we haven't been since then. I think. So, with that being said, I mean, we, it's it's been a long time, and I know that everyone is sick of waiting. I know that we have one of the highest payrolls. And uh, all the basically in the um, you in know the, the in the leagues. history in the history of professional sports. Let's hi- be honest. Wow, yeah. that, that says a lot. They, they, I mean, you saw the tweet the other day. I think I sent it yeah, to you guys. The, it's the, it's most the highest team payroll, get, uh, no hit, to yeah. ever be no hit. So I, I think any time you have a payroll that high, there are expectations There's, exactly. And you look at Granky, who's probably going to opt out this winter, and you look at him and Kershaw in their primes. Adrian Gonzalez still in his prime, having a really quiet, nice year. There's so many other things we focus on. Gonzalez is doing what he does. He's consistent. Um, and other guys like Turner having really nice years and developing, and Peterson coming into his own. And you look at all these guys, and you got to say the time is now. And mm-hmm. if you're, if the time is not now because of the extraneous pieces, the bullpen, the fourth and fifth starter, that makes it worse. Yeah. You know, you put all the expensive pieces together. You have the core. They've got a core, you know, best ten players, however you want to define it, mm-hmm. that can go up against anybody in the league. And if the extraneous pieces don't don't make it happen because the fourth and fifth starter just pitches not well enough. The bullpen caves again and again and again. That makes it all the more painful to me. You got so close, you paid, spent what, $300 million? Nothing. You yeah, know. exactly. That's why I said World Series or bust. You spend yeah. that kind of money. You not just World Series, World Series ring or bust. You know. And then also you have to look at it as, uh, um, damn, what was the point I was going to make? Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, no, I was going to say something. It's too bad. It was, was going to be a good one. It was. It was going to be good. Too. I could Hold, see it, it in your eyes. Fire. Hold I on had, to it. I got. I got something that's more. It. I got something that's more fire for you guys. 
Mike Fires. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> wow. Um, nice. Let's talk nice. no hitter. That was, that was Let really... me ask you guys first because anytime you throw no hitter, I say you know what? Cool. You almost throw fandom out the window for one game. It's a cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, painful, but it's cool to see. The glove controversy. He have anything on his glove? Because Twitter thinks so. Oh yeah, I mean a lot of people think so, and that was kind of the talk up within 24 hours. He couldn't even really appreciate his no hitter without the allegations coming out. Literally, um, you know, several hours after that, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I looked at some of the pictures they put up, and it, I it's it's just one of those things. You know, so it's it could be the media just stirring it up. I don't, I, I don't know. And also you have to think, how much would have that aided him in throwing the no-hitter as well? How much would have, did it actually play a significant role it, or part? It didn't. And yeah. I, I don't care know. about it. It's not um, like he's deflating footballs out there and, you know, making no. it easier and to grip or throw. there wasn't any strange or, movement you know. on his pitches. Well, yeah. He just had a special night. You got to tip your cap to Mike Fires, And, you know, he just had an amazing curveball that night. He was working that high fastball, keeping the... Hitters off balance, yeah. and the Dodgers are already in this slump. It, and it was just his night, and um, it was painful and hard to watch being a Dodger fan. But you know, Mike Fires, great job. And, and listen, this is people say there is no such thing as a steroid era. Every era is a steroid era. There's always a way to cheat. There's always a way for performance enhancing drugs, whether yeah. it was greenies in the 50s or amphetamines in the 70s or whatever. This will always happen. This is another one of those things. If he has something in his glove, if he has a foreign substance, and players are open about this. They say if you don't make it obvious, our guys do it. We know our guys do it. Your guys can do it too. If you don't make it obvious and if you're not stupid about it. If it's obvious, the umps are going to get you. Oh, yeah. You know. So Mike Fires to me isn't different than anybody else who does any of this stuff and can hide it. And, and a picture an image on you know TV got it or whatever and it was a no hitter so the intensity's ramped up oh, of course not. Of but course. this this has been going on for years. It's going to keep going on yeah, for years. Face, I got busted last year with the tarp. Was it Pina, uh, Pina, Pineda? Pineda. Pineda. Yeah. Got, but he was dumb. It was like all over the place. And that's the thing. And when you do that kind of stuff and it's obvious yeah. or when every ball is scuffed up then you got to have a conversation. I'm just have to realize exactly. it. But Everybody's pitchers are doing this, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying, hey, Clayton Kershaw is doing it too. I don't mean that, but there are guys on the Dodgers who are using substances. There's guys yeah. on every team that's using substances. So, to me, it's not. It's kind of a non-story. It's just sort of coincidental that it happened during a no hitter. It is, and you know, like you said, because of the no hitter, it's going to be elevated and intensified a whole lot more had it just been a normal game that he had lost, you know. But I think at the end of the day, kind of like uh, Stace had said, you know, it, it, he, it, I don't think it affected anything. I mean, you saw the way he was pitching. The Do- I was going to say the Dodgers were hitting. Obviously, it's a no-hitter. But, you know, they uh, – and it was one of those things like in order to get a no-hitter or a perfect game, you need just a lot of things to go your way. You know, just uh, uh, for for obvious reasons, and I think it was just one of those games where a lot of things just went his way. I don't think that him cheating or um, anything of that. And there were some great defensive plays behind him too. Yeah, yeah, always are on no hitters. You have to have it. Twenty seven outs is too hard. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. So you say, hey, wipe the slate clean, Dodgers. Come up Saturday, try to win a game. Didn't happen. Lost this Saturday, and then today. Today's is probably the most painful. Uh, Saturday, to me, is that Granky threw pretty well. Give up three runs, get beat. That happens. <laughs> you're not going to go unbeaten down the stretch. And, you know, Stacy, this is something we've been talking about the last couple weeks, and I'm glad you're here for this. Uh, we sort of noticed when Granky and Kershaw both went through scoreless streaks in, feels like forever ago, but July, early August, 
we were both, all of us were kind of like, you know what? This is a nice time to do it because they're not going to get cold then right before the playoffs. Get cold at the end of August, find your way again in the ebb and flow by the end of September and get cranking up again. This is that cold stretch. You know, if this is cold for Granky, if losing a game, giving up three runs in seven innings is cold, I will take it all day. Last week or whatever against, was it the Reds? He gave up six runs, got a win. Or the Phillies gave up six, mm-hmm. seven runs, got a win. This might be the cold stretch. Take it, and three weeks from now, we'll see if he's not giving up a run in eight innings every start again. Well, I was going to say, might be is, over is it... in three weeks. Might be over. <laughs> we don't listen to that. Uh, but yeah, if it is a cold stretch, right now, this is the perfect time up until this week to have a cold stretch. You don't want to go in any later than post three weeks and have a cold stretch. If you're gonna, if you're gonna have the jitters, if you're not gonna hit, literally, right now is the time to do it because from here on out, you know, they, especially the, not just to control. Uh, um, you know, control their position in the NOS, but you know, you you don't need that cold momentum going into the playoffs either. Well, I don't think there's anything cold about Granke and Kershaw this season. Yeah, and Kershaw pitched another gem today. I mean, he only allowed one run on seven hits, no walks, ten strikeouts. You can't ask for anything better. And yeah, Granke, you know, wasn't his usual self um, the prior game, um, but. You know, they, they've just been extraordinary this season. And I think if anything is cold, it's the offense. Yeah. No question. Yeah. And, and I do think the bats will come out of it, you know. So it is a slump, and I think, you know, slumps end. The slump I'm more worried about is the bullpen slump. Yeah, and absolutely. if somebody's going to actually, you know, take a step forward and be like, and say, you can trust me, you know. It's not only Kenley Jansen, but and you know a guy I thought maybe in recent weeks that was gonna take a step forward is Pedro Baez, but then he kind of gets hit around this week, and you know it, I just felt so bad for for Kershaw on that first out this week because you know he pitched like 116 pitches or whatever you know and it's like he's got to go to 130 to nail it down for him. I mean his boy, his personal catcher AJ hits that three run bomb, looks like things are gonna go, but then. Meltdown, just out a of collapse, the and a meltdown immediately. Yeah, <laughs> not even an inning later. Right, immediately, literally the Kershaw same inning. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's those things are tough. I think for the Houston one, I think the biggest takeaway for me with Houston is the Astros are damn good. The Astros are a really good team. Scott Kazmir pitched his face off against Granky. That's a good pitcher. You got to give him a little credit too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fires, obviously. But the thing to me, the the interesting takeaway with the Houston series specifically is Houston and LA are two teams diametrically opposed in how they were created. Los Angeles buys everybody. $300 million payroll. Houston went through 110 losses for three straight years in the fourth season with like 96. They went through hell before this year. Early last year, they were kind of getting there. But they went through hell before this year. They've got all those young guys. They've got more young guys coming. Carlos Correa is going to be a name. He's a he's a Giancarlo Stanton type of name coming up. A young guy who is going to take over the league in the next couple of years. Um, you know, he's a Mike Trout kind of name. Those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston's impressive, and you run into a buzzsaw. And that happens sometimes. It's unfortunate for the Dodgers because it seems like every buzzsaw you run into, you get beat by. They're not good against teams over 500. Yeah. That has to change. It's going to change this week against the Cubs, or they're going to be in real trouble. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's talk bullpen. <laughs> now that we've got Houston and Oakland out of the way, mm. um, which which Dodgers bullpen arm do you guys want to kill first? Mm. 
You know, you know my question. answer. You know my answer. I mean, Man, that's, that's a little a brutal that's a, question. A little hyperbolic. But yeah. seriously, Jim Johnson's still hanging around. He's terrible. Louis Avalon didn't do much this week. Um, Chris Hatcher gave up the one in the bottom of the tent today. Kenley Jansen blew a save, uncharacteristic of him. Yeah. I think we'd probably keep him around. Yeah, gonna blow a save he's definitely not on the chopping block. <laughs> <laughs> but Juan Nicasio on the DL, that's actually a big loss. I never thought in my life coming from the Rockies, that I would say that Juan Nicasio on the DL is a big loss, but he's had a good season in middle relief, and they need He him. really has, Nicasio. Yeah, that was a big loss. Um, you know what? The, as far as the bullpen, the, it's not all doom and gloom. Because if you look at the bullpen, the peripherals are really good. They're, they strike out a lot of batters. They don't walk anybody, okay? But they're just allowing a lot of home runs and there are a lot of runs in key situations where you have to hold the game and or preserve a tie and they're not getting that done. Um, I, I thought Pedro Baez would be, uh, you know, a possible setup man for Kenley and I think he still could be. Um, or Yimmy Garcia. I like Yimmy a lot. Mm-hmm. I do. I do like Yimmy, and um, since he's been back, he's he's looked he's looked better from his early struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the beginning of the season, he was lights out. He was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and you know, Baez, he has that potential too. Chris Hatcher has been pretty disappointing, in my opinion. Um, you know, he was one of the first pickups by Friedman, and he just hasn't been the guy that you know we all expected um jim johnson has struggled since he came over but i i don't think that that's going to continue johnson you know wasn't that bad before he came to the dodgers so Ooh, i, I am, that I am can't so, possibly continue i can't get lower on jim johnson really? than I am. oh we talked about it right when we made when they moved that move a couple weeks ago we talked about it. i was like you guys don't understand this guy understands coming out of the al east jim johnson to me was a really? terrible move just no i have no late inning faith in him. I'd rather see Nicasio throw the eighth when he's healthy. I'd rather see Peralta throw the eighth than Jim Johnson. Wow. Um, J.P. Howell's fading a little bit. He had a mm-hmm. great first half of the year. He, that's mm-hmm. The same thing happened last year. Yeah. And fading at the end. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing to me with a lot of these guys, you notice it every game, a lot of inherited runners scored. They don't mm-hmm. strand other people's runners. Mm-hmm. So Jim, PJ, or J, PJ, J.P. Howell will come in and, and throw two-thirds of an inning but give up a couple hits and not allow his own, but he's allowing Kershaw's or allowing exactly. somebody else's. Um, that's another huge thing in the bullpen to me. But these guys, I look down the list and it's like, who do you trust? You got to trust Jansen. You're going to blow a save or two. Uh, he's not perfect, contrary but, to popular belief. Besides that, it's, it's, I don't know. I, it's interesting that you don't think it's all doom and gloom because I'm ready to just set the whole thing on fire. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, there, there is, um, hope, I think. And I think that, um, I I think Bolsinger would would have been great out of the pen, yeah. and I'm not sure um, why they didn't use him in that respect. Um, his curveball could have been really useful in those late innings, and I expect him back in September. But um, yeah, the, the bullpen has been totally inconsistent and unreliable, and even Kenley Jansen has had some blips on the radar. And but. You know, you can't you can't expect um, you know perfection from Kenley Jansen. Like today, uh, it was pretty upsetting. But he's only blown two saves all year. He's one of the the best relievers in in the game. So um, you can't really blame it on him altogether. But just as a whole, the bullpen has been really disappointing. And um, you know, I think even Kershaw and Granke, um, from what I've read, you know, were kind of 
upset that the front office didn't do more to bolster the the bullpen behind them. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I guess first of all, to answer your question, which one of them do we fire or you know, uh, you, put, you put a be hole, harsh, put a hole in? <laughs> I, 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 I think JJ is pretty much unanimous, um, and that'd be my, my my vote as well. But I was also going to say in regards to you know Jansen and 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 a lot of times just. I guess having this expectation that he, you know, like we said last week, you know, he's Mr. Reliable. My thing is, okay, yes, I understand. You're you're not going to be perfect. You're going to blow a few, you know, it happens. But when you go through a week where you win zero games, I mean, these are just the ones you cannot blow. Like, not to say, oh, it's okay to blow another game. You can't really blow any, but... Especially when you are going through a week where you get nothing and you're barely holding on to something. Right now is not the time to blow anything. So I don't give anybody at this point in time. I'm not giving anybody a flack or you know it's 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 do your job. This is not the time to blow saves. So I understand no one's perfect, but you're going to have to be perfect right now in the in the state that we're in. Do your job. I like that. So you were full yeah. on panic mode too. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, this yeah, I, I, this last week was really disheartening. Now, and I say that more for, for Oakland. Houston, they're a great team. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to get no hit against Houston. Obviously, that was, you know, uh, some, you know, in its own. But, you know, you, you didn't expect Oakland to go down. And you, you, or you'd expect them to go down to Oakland. And the thing is, those are the games that you have to win, especially looking ahead. You have Chicago, you, you know, and... Other teams that that are above 500 that we have historically struggled over, at least as far as the season is concerned, and that's why I'm saying push panic button is because we're game and a half ahead of uh, the Giants. We know what they can do. We saw them last year when they got hot, a month, two months less uh, left in the season, got extremely hot, and we know what they're capable of doing when it's this, you know, when when it's baseball that matters, when it's time to be, you know, when it's crunch time. So. I wouldn't necessarily say that I am relaxed and it's time to get complacent. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But the the, the panic button is uh, is getting close to being pushed. And the Giants have their own issues, too. Yep. The, their bench is weak. Their rotation is, you know, not that great. So they, they could definitely, you deep, know. Though. Their pen it's is good. Deep. Their pen, yes. They, they have a much better bullpen. Um, but I think, you know, they always have that black magic and they somehow get this surging, you know, win towards the end of the, wins towards the end of the season. Yeah. And I could totally see that happening. Um, and there's still seven head to head games between the Dodgers and the Giants and the Dodgers have not played the Giants well this year. So I think those seven games are gonna be really key. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if they do drop the next series to the, the Giants, I might start hitting that panic button, but I'm not quite there yet. And the way Bumgarner has been hitting recently too is nothing to <laughs> nothing to be a frowned upon, especially uh, you know when we know we have to face them. So I yeah. want to see a him versus Grinky home run contest. You know, Grinky wins on the bat flip. Though. Yeah, he did. That was that was pretty sweet. That was pretty sweet. Uh, you know, it's it's there's a lot wrong in Dodger Nation when you get to Chase Utley in the last ten minutes of the show. Ooh. Chase Utley's a Dodger now. Uh, let's cover him for a minute or two. Uh, I don't like the move. Stacy, you and I have hmm. talked about this on Twitter. What do you think? Good move. You give up Darnell Sweeney, pretty good prospect, and John Ritchie, a minor league pitcher. Do you like bringing Chase Utley in? Yes, I do. And, um, you know, I liked Darnell Sweeney. I just 
don't think that the Dodgers had a, a position for him or a place for him. Um, and he actually hit a home run in his first at bat, I think, for the Phillies, which is. Phillies are stockpiling young players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're which rebuilding. Is they, which is what they should be doing. They're yeah. rebuilding, yeah. But Chase Utley. But as really... far as Chase Utley, I'm fine with him with, with Kendrick's hamstring um, injury, which, you know, hamstrings can be tricky. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really good to have Chase Utley down the stretch. Um, he's. A veteran, like you know, along with Jimmy Rollins, you know, if you ask, if you told me that old Phillies team back, yeah, if you told me in 2008 that Jimmy Rollins and Chase (laughs) Chase Utley would be on the Dodgers, I would have called you crazy. But um, I'm okay with it. You know, you know, actually, Utley's you know been hitting. You know, he had a couple big hits for the Dodgers so far. And once Kendrick comes back, he's going to be back into the starting second baseman role and um, they, they're they talking about Utley playing some third base uh, and I'm fine with that. Ooh, I will disagree okay. up and down with you. I mean, I like Utley a lot. I like him as a player. He's smart. He's a good playoff guy, but you got to get there first and I think to get there you needed to revamp the bullpen again. Uh, you had more pressing issues than Utley. My big thing is, and I know you agree with me on this, I'm an Enrique fan. I love Enrique yes. Hernandez. I think mm-hmm. for a couple weeks he would have been a fine second baseman. I know they want to put him in center for Jock, and they kind of want him to be a utility guy. Now, the Dodgers probably know a couple things that we don't, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, and maybe they know that Howie's hamstring injury might take a little longer to come yeah, back. Yeah, it's a little more severe. So if it's, if it's a 15-day DL, I'm like, hey, two, three weeks, let's let Enrique play. If it's going to be longer, if we come to mm-hmm. mid-September and Howie's still not back, I will like this Utley move more. But in the meantime, for me, it's like crunch time's coming up. September one is literally next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to it's time to figure out the pitching, and that's where they sh- that's where the focus should have been. Well, the thing is, the two situations are not really correlated. Uh, you know, I saw you can lo- do both, right? Yeah. But I mean, who are they going to get? Who? Yeah. It, I mean, there was no one to get. Mm-hmm. You know. Hey, Ed- Edwin Jackson was on DFA waivers. <laughs> We've already wow. done that. We don't want to go back. Those are the kind of guys. I mean, Fernando Rodney. That was another Twitter question. Do you go get Fernando Rodney? There's not a lot out there. There's not. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, that's why everyone was angry over the Utley move because they didn't do much for the bullpen. But, I mean, who are they going to get? There, there was no one. The only, the only thing I wonder about, and we're not privy to this because it's private to teams, but who cleared waivers? Whose relievers cleared that. waivers this month? Right. We know that a lot of guys cleared waivers on a bunch of teams. Yeah. Did any relievers do it? We heard the Padres pulled back starters. Uh, whose relievers made it through? And could the Dodgers have worked out a deal? And there's a few days left. Could still work out a deal. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to happen. This is probably who you go down the stretch with. A uh, couple quick questions to end with you guys. And so I guess that's the first one. As the Dodgers go down the stretch in the last month... Things will even out. They're not going to go 0-5 every week the next four weeks. Do you like the team they have, or are they in big trouble? They're in big trouble. I mean, until somebody steps up in that pen and can secure leads that are handed to them by the stud starters you know you have, if, if you're if you're not going to win the Grinky and Kershaw games, you, you're in for a long five weeks here. And, and, you know, like you said, there isn't really anything out there, um, you know, to nobody's getting rid of relievers at this point in the season. But maybe you start looking at some of your young stud starters and start grooming them into that seventh and eighth inning roles. Maybe you see a Urias. Maybe you see, a, you know, Lee or somebody come up and, like, start pitching out of the pen, you know, in high leverage situations. The Cardinals do that with their, their young studs. That's how they kind of groom them. It might be time for the Dodgers to take a look at that. Rockies just designated Raphael Betancourt veteran reliever for assignment today. 
that's the kind of guy the Dodgers would have to make a run at. And mm-hmm. he's been terrible, and he's 40 years old. So have fun with that. Wow. Well, you know what I was going to say, just kind of on, on top of your question, you know, as far as do we like the team today? You know, are, are we content? Now, I was going to say this. Bullpen aside, all right? Do I want to ask the same question. Bullpen aside, are you still content with the team that we have? And it's not necessarily to you. This yeah. can be to anybody. Rotation, yeah. rotation, and offense, more or less. Yeah, there's holes. Jock's been struggling. Mm-hmm. Team doesn't hit on the road. Generally speaking, can't ask for a better overall rotation because one and two have been so good. Yeah, but you it, do want a better, yeah. you know, three, four, five, whatever. But at that point, you just wonder if you're getting greedy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, you can't have the perfect you you can know, always, scenario. You can always get so, better. You can always yeah. get better. That's true, and that's a good way. And uh, no, the reason why I ask that question is because I understand. You know, the the, the bullpen is the big issue. I know that's been the emphasis is pretty much of this uh, of the show and obviously this last week the offense was atrocious as well but you know looking around outside of the bullpen there's really not a lot to really argue about or be upset about like you just said we have the best one and two tandem punch uh, in the game and uh, you know offensively yes there's there, there's been a few uh, you know, there's been there, there, there's been some inconsistency, but overall, you know, a, a lot of the guys have been pretty consistent or solid when called on. So the reason I said that is because you know, I, yes, Stacey, you're correct. There's always room to improve. There's always things to get better on. There's, that that goes without saying. Um, but you know, realistically speaking, at this point in the season, as far as the fact that we cannot acquire. Some, well, I'm not going to say we can't acquire. It all depends on waivers and things of that sort. But looking ahead, outside of the bullpen, I don't think there's a whole lot to be super on pins and needles about, you know, or, or, or you know, to to push the panic button about. And even with the bullpen, I like your idea, Mike. You know, uh, some of these young studs, some of these young studs that just have to come in and do a seventh inning or do an eight, or even just a batter, you know, come in and face a batter and do, you know. If it comes down to this them doing their jobs, then I think that will kind of alleviate the bu- the bullpen issues to begin with. But uh, but yeah, you know it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely crunch time. So rosters expand September one, obviously. So you may see a few more relievers come up, and you may get a little bit of uh, pressure off the pen right now. Although they're not necessarily overworked, they're just ineffective. Um, That's a good point. Other question yeah. for you guys very briefly at the end here. We've got a couple minutes left. It's been asked on Twitter to me a couple times. Do you like the playoff format? Do you wish it were smaller, larger? Do you like the extra wild card? I guess we'll see how it does this year. But what do you guys think of the extra wild card? I like the extra wild card. I wish maybe it was a two out of three series instead of just one game. It's just like, oof. All the marbles to bank on one game. It's kind of tough. I actually like the same death kind of thing. You know, Uh, it's a wild card. You know, Uh, it's it's you know it shouldn't shouldn't be a seven game or five game series. You know, I I I mean even best of three is still. Mm. I I don't know. I I like the one game. It's just just done. Get it over with. On to the next one. You know. but well, I'm a traditionalist. I don't even like the wild cards at all. <laughs> I, I gotta are, be honest. Are you traditionalist? Like best record in the league goes to the World Series? Or are you okay yes. with division? Yes, wow. if that was my choice. What? <laughs> Seriously? You? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I I like that. I think that all that work, you know, through the whole season, the the the, the long grind of the season, should get rewarded, and you shouldn't have to put everything on the line on a one game. 
I agree with you on that. You are not going to like my answer to this, though. I want eight teams from both leagues. I want want the NBA. This is what they're going to. This is what's going to happen. But I want the NBA, NHL, we talked about this, the Mm -hmm. eight team in both leagues, the 16-team playoff. Going to have to shorten the season a little bit to do that. Maybe do the first ones a best of three, whatever. Um, But to me, baseball more than any other sport, if you finish 500 in baseball, the the success level is different. You finish 500, you did okay. The Twins are 500. They're okay. You know, the Diamondbacks are 500. We're like, hey, where'd they come from? They're not bad. So you finish 500, you're doing okay. And I think in a three or five game series, anybody, it's anybody's game with a 500 ball club and maybe a very good one. It's the opposite of what you want. You want to reward the good teams, which is valid. I just think it'd be exciting as hell mm-hmm. to see 16 teams in the postseason. I think in about another decade we'll get there. It's not going to happen right away. But I think that's probably what baseball is leaning to. Yeah. Look at basketball. Look at how long playoffs are in basketball, how much success they have. Well, it's the funny because they're getting ready to extend basketball's playoffs, too, from eight games. Not, not this season, but uh, upcoming, too. I think but it's The World tw- Series is already going to be in November this year. How, how much are they going to push it back? You'd have to shorten the season. Well, that's, shorten exactly. The season. It can't yeah. be 100. You're going to have to shorten it easily, too. Yeah. I don't know. 145. 145. Yeah, 140. Something like that. Which is bad. I do like the 162. And you have all these records in the history of baseball that are based on 162 and 154, the famous Maris-Ruth home run situation. Um, So if you shorten it to 145, you do mess up a lot of records. The 200-hit milestone is going to get messed up at 145. There's a bunch of things like that. So that is true. 20-win pitcher seasons are going to get messed up at 145. So there is that to think about. That's tough. Now you got me. Now you me second guessing myself. I know, That's right? not a good thing. Um, <laughs> if it right. ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> That's true too. It works. Postseason yeah. baseball works. That's it for us this week on the show, guys. Uh, before we leave, you guys can find Stacy on DodgersNation.com. She is also on YouTube.com slash Dishing Up the Dodgers. Her channel, uh, following the Dodgers, obviously. Stacy, Twitter and stuff. Where else can folks reach out to you? At Organically Rude on Twitter and Instagram. I like that. Organically Rude. Mm. That is nice. Well, Don't invite somebody on your show with the name Organically Rude. They're going to be mean to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Organically Nice, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyKevinJohn or here discussing Dodgers baseball every Sunday. Mike doesn't have a Twitter. Uh, I wonder what's taking so long, Mike. What's, 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 just, just do keeping it. Keeping it real. You're a sports guy. Do it. It's great on Twitter. Sports on Twitter, phenomenal. Mike said he'll get a Twitter the Twitter next time so the Red fun. Sox win a World Series. Yeah. So that'll be never. Done. All right. Oh. <laughs> I'll follow you. There you go. You got one, one follower already. <laughs> get a fo- I will not follow you. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Bobby DeMuro. Since he doesn't have one, instead of following him, go follow AfterBuzz at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter, every other social network. Uh, we'll be back next week. More Dodger stuff. Stacy, thank you for sitting in. Stacy, you rock. Thank you, thank you nice so to have much. Somebody who actually knows the Dodgers here with us, fellas. Uh, that's <laughs> this week on the show. We'll see you next week on Dodgers Wrap 360. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.